WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Time for a regular segment here with Jeff Feingold over the New Hampshire Business Review, NHBR.com to get more from them. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Great being back, AJ. So let's start off with, uh, once again, the Business Review is busy with everything going on with your events. And it looks like you've got the Business Excellence Awards uh, coming up for submissions right now with the deadline mid-month. What's going on with that? Yeah, that's that's been going on. This I believe this might be our twentieth year of the of the Business Excellence Awards. It's been yep twentieth anniversary. Real, yeah. Um, yep, uh, yeah. It's my problem. You know, I've been around so long, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a it's a it started out as a, a, a the concept was to honor business people who just don't get recognized for doing some amazing things because we just don't look at their business themselves, but how how what they do for their communities, what they do, how, how they how they work with their their employees, their vendors, you know what makes an a business excellent. And over the years, we've had literally hundreds of winners that have really been inspiring. These people who who've put together businesses, who manage businesses that are uh, very successful, but also just take a play a big part in in the health in the happiness, the health of their communities, the culture. Uh, their their employees they they treat their employees uh, the way a, a good company does treat its employees, which is with respect and uh, and and make sure that they uh, are that they are con- they're happy in their jobs. And it's really been a a, a great program. So th- we're doing it again this year, and you know we just look for the nominations. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a good nomination process. It's not just filling out a form. We ask for uh, if you can like uh, some. Um, uh, you know, just different kinds of, uh, of of facts that we can use, like some maybe some different kinds of uh, you know article, newspaper articles about people, about you know brochures, awards you've won, all that kind of stuff. But it's and on the other thing I want to stress, it's not about the business itself; it's about the person, the business person. That's the really key thing about this. It's not about the business. It's about the business person, and uh, you know that's really uh, what makes this thing really special. It, it seems like a a really important year. It's perfect that's the twentieth year, but especially coming out of COVID, to give a little pat on the back to some people in different industries that may not be their businesses might have been suffering the last couple of years. And exactly, it's, exactly, it's great. Yeah, last year we had some really amazing winners. People who really had to go, they really went through a lot. Uh, in keeping their businesses going and thriving. And uh, there were really some very impressive winners. Uh, I, I also remember in the Great Recession, we had some amazing winners. And and also, if it, I also just want to say that the first year we had it was was only a year after 9-11, which also resulted in, in, in severe economic turmoil. And uh, the stories we heard, uh, we've heard from business people about how they've survived, how they've thrived, really can be very inspiring. Can you give an example or two of um, surprising businesses that that were recognized in this? Well, you know, one that was really interesting was God. I can't remember his name now. I really feel terrible about it, but he, he's had a company that was making uh, certain kind of products, and he and during COVID he pivoted and started making these super really high quality uh, masks for people who uh, to protect themselves during COVID. And what happened was they became internationally successful and he turned it and he just business just changed and just, you know, just became huge because of his, uh, this move. And he, because of that, you know, his employees stayed on the job and he was able to really, uh, he, he, he pivoted the way most businesses wish they had pivoted in, in uh, during COVID. And it's, it, you know, that's examples like that are really, uh, 
really very inspiring. Speaking of COVID and uh, businesses having to pivot and with fortunate or unfortunate circumstances, depending on uh, the the industry, an unfortunate situation with this is Vapotherm is going to be moving all its manufacturing operations to Mexico. Yes. And that that must be a pretty big deal to the state. Yeah, I, yes, it is. I mean, I, you know, it, and, it, and, and the interesting thing is that, you know, it's, it's it was kind of not, not mentioned by the company until... <laughs> You know, just just uh, the other day, and uh, it's it's what they're doing is just shutting down all of their manufacturing operations in the U.S., which is you know Exeter, and they're going to be moving into a space in Tijuana. They're, they're they're signing a lease from Tijuana for some for like basically a contractor to run their manufacturing operations for them. Uh, the interesting thing about Vapotherm is that they uh, have they their their products a lot of them focus on uh, pulmonary. Uh, issues, and they were really, you know, doing their products were very uh, well uh, in place for COVID, and but they're still not doing that well. So I think a lot of this is this is move is being made to uh, assuage the uh, the stockholders who are not have not been happy with uh, with, with with the management and how this thing's been going. So. Uh, it's, it's you know it, this is what happens and it's really too bad. You know, the interesting thing is that just the other day, this firm called Torrington Properties bought uh, this massive commercial building, office and commercial building in Exeter for forty seven million dollars, and it used to be the the headquarters of Tyco International. And there's many companies in this building, but one of the major tenants is Vapotherm which was taking up a lot of the manufacturing space that was in there. So well, I, I believe in that's not going to be too helpful, but, you know, but this firm was very high on this company at this, 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 this uh, space. And I would assume that they were aware of this move happening. I, I don't think they would have made this kind of purchase. If they didn't do the full due diligence on it. A lot of money so, to throw around for some property. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and it's really good. And they just bought a, a, another big major real estate purchase in Newington. They bought an old Newington shopping mall. And they're very they're very uh, big. You know, they, they do a lot of investing in – they've done, done other investing in New Hampshire, but they really seem to be focused on New Hampshire right now because I believe they think that the prices are really uh, compared to Boston, you know, very reasonable, good investments. And, you know, the New Hampshire business economy – you know, for all the things we've been going through, and even this whole thing with Vapor Firm is pretty strong. And I'm sure they think that this is a, a very uh, good investment for them going forward. Yeah. I mean, if you're a company with a few million you can throw around to develop a piece of property, I mean, New Hampshire yeah. seems like a great place for it because it, it's it's going to be a lot cheaper than Boston, but you're close enough to Boston. So if you collaborate with any of those large companies down there, it's pretty easy. You're close to Logan. You're uh, there's the, the, obviously the ocean's right there, in case you forgot, yeah. which, is, which it has to be great for a big company like that. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, that's where Tyco was, and that was a major, you know, huge conglomerate, you know, base there. But uh, they had their they had their issues <laughs> back in the uh, early in the nineties and and uh, and in two th- early two thousands, and that was not a good time for them. But uh, they have, uh, but I, I really, I'm, I'm like impressed by this company because they're obviously investing a lot in the seacoast area. Which, as we know, is a really a thriving area business-wise, and uh, you know, it's interesting that people outside of the state are noticing it too. 
Yeah, it's it's great to see some development. Going back to Vapotherm, it's it's a very unfortunate thing where they they were everyone the the industry was really expecting a lot of div, uh, requirements for uh, pulmonary assistance and respirators yeah, and exactly. everything like that with the alpha version of the virus. I mean, that's an it's an amazing thing that we ended up having these more contagious but less severe versions of the COVID virus yes. going around. But it, if you make all these huge plans, I mean, the reason why we didn't initially have all these respirators and vaccine development things just on the ready on an instance because it's tremendously expensive to have this yes. just sitting there and then it'll it degrades over time. So you can't just put it in a warehouse for 20 years and, and hope exactly. for the best. It's, it's not like it's not like having a can of tomatoes in your fallout shelter or whatever people do. <laughs> but but you know it, that is that's a good point and also the thing about the the, the vapor therm the respirators or the lack of need is like the most important thing about it is that there's you know these effective uh, vaccines and the boosters have really helped prevent much more serious illness as as the president said the other day you know about his illness you know you know for for a guy who's almost 80 years old he he, he went through it pretty easily and uh, you know i don't think that would have been the case in uh the 2020s and then 2020. No, yeah, I'm very happy the the almost 80 year old president got the uh, BA5 or whatever it is instead of the alpha variant. Things could have been I really know. sideways really quickly. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Going over to the other side of uh, property in the state, let's go to residential, which obviously also has some commercial aspects to it too that we'll dive into. But it looks like uh, we're finally getting some tenants in the historic Parker J. Noyes building over in Lancaster. Yeah, that's that's an, actually it's very interesting. That's a company, Parker J. Noyes Company, was in the 19th century. is one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the country. And uh, they had their headquarters in Lancaster for all, for many many for many years. And actually, I still think there are remnants of the company in Lancaster. But uh, the thing is that this was a this this was a, a project that's been going on for several years. It was started by the Nor the, the Northern Forest Center, which is an organization that works across the states, the northern forest states of New Hampshire, Vermont. And New York, upstate New York, northern New York, and uh, you know that what they what they've done is invest. They they did this. They found this this community in in Lancaster, which you know had seen better days, and 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 it has the potential to be revived. And what they saw was this building, this Parker Noise building, which was looked pretty shabby. And they decided to invest this money and can't put together a package with a, with a, with with a bunch of investors to uh, revitalize this building, turning it into a bunch of apartments as well as some retail space, space on the first floor. And, you know, I'm looking at the photo of it now, the new building, and it looks remarkable. And it's part beautiful. Of, yeah, and, and part of, the, uh, part, part of the, the, the thing about it, part of the goal of this was to not just set up, you know, get, get, put some apartments in here and have this one retail space, was to inspire other businesses along downtown Lancaster to do the similar thing, and they already have been. As as the Parker Nays, J Noise building has been uh, re renovated, other other buildings are being renovated. Other uh, you know other companies, uh, other businesses are sprucing up, painting, you know, changing signage, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's really a it's really an impressive thing to show how one little not one not little but one investment 
can can inspire one change can inspire a downtown to kind of spruce up and i'm and i'm sure it's not ending with this i'm, I'm sure that it's going to continue because lancaster is a very vibrant community and you know if you look at the downtown it's really very nice and you know it's way up there it's not you know it's not uh, a place where people are going to be you know they trap people may be traveling to littleton or something or berlin but they're not competing with anything nearby like concord and uh, you know, Manchester or Portsmouth or anything. And, and, you know, it'd be great if they got, you know, more retail, more services there in their downtown area. In the world of remote working that we now have nowadays, it's perfect. I mean, if you want to be able to have a, have an apart, apartment style living, but still being kind of rural New Hampshire, it's perfect. I mean, this is way up north in an out of the way part of the state. If you want to kind of get away and, and, live that lifestyle it's great and it's it's it cosmetically i mean it's also great to see that it kind of fits the aesthetic of what you think a yes. new hampshire town is i mean that's my problem i kind of have with some of the buildings we're doing around concord i'm glad we're seeing some building but it it's not the same look that you would expect of like yes. the old school new hampshire is i we we've done several articles on this parkernay's jay noise right re rehabilitation and i know i've seen pictures of it in its in its disrepair and uh, it really, uh, it it's the it, what they did was a very very careful uh, renovation on the outside certainly, because it, it it looks the way you saw old pictures of this place look, and, and it was really uh, they really did a very really impressive job. They've actually won they won an award for the for this project from the Plan NH, which which uh, which does uh, recognize projects of significant historical of, of historical significance that are done really well, and this was this won an award already, and uh, even before it was an it had been opened. So uh, you know, it's it's really a great recognition to, to the planning that went into this. Yeah, and, and it just it it make probably also helps just from just just anecdotally i'd imagine it helps the other businesses around it go oh i don't need to completely tear down my business to have it no. fit in with what's going to be coming it's just throw a fresh coat of paint maybe reduce some siding and every it's all going to look like a single community again yeah you know actually there's a, there's a really good example of this uh what what how how you can transform a, a town over in littleton which has been doing this for many years they've really been working hard to uh, revitalize their downtown and it's very much uh they've, they're really doing a great job there it's it's really like a destination town and uh, you know what it's doing is attracting people to live there uh who maybe wouldn't think about living in littleton as you said you know there's remote work there's uh you know there's that you can live in a really nice town which is you know, <laughs> you know how close it is is it to so many ski areas and to just all kinds of cool North Country things, and, and how close are you to Canada? I mean, it's really a great location for a lot of people. And uh, actually, I, I when I was living in New London, there was a guy, a young guy who had a barber shop, and he wanted to expand, and he opened the one up in Littleton because he thought it was a it was a growing community that was really showing a lot of promise, which was really interesting. That he you know he was, he was young, a young guy, and he, and he and it was kind of like a cool a cool barber shop. It wasn't just a barber shop. It, he thought he had the uh, the demographics there to 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 uh, succeed in in Littleton. So going to so this is a positive aspect of what's going on right now in the state and. But unfortunately, on the, the federal level right now, the Federal Reserve is looking like they're going to be raising the interest rates yeah. a pretty substantial amount, 0. 0.75 to yeah. a, a full point here, which is, which is a considerable amount. I mean, as, as a veteran business reporter, do, I mean, do you think this is going to have an impact in the many developments that are across the state where maybe they might be 
reconsidering how quick they're going to move? I would think that, uh, you know, I'm thinking specifically of that Invest NH program for affordable housing. Unless these projects have had their uh, financing in place, you know, so, you know, in written in, in, in ink, it's going to be made, it's going to change the math and build in, especially in, in, in affordable housing projects, because, you know, that, that the math is already difficult for them. And uh, this is going to be something, you know, because we're talking about interest rate hike of one and a half percent in just a couple of months. And that's, that's a lot of money when you, if, you, if you're talking about a project of, you know, millions of dollars, it's that's if you have to lo- have to borrow at a hundred, one and a half percent more or even higher, that's going to really uh, change your cost uh, estimates. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to say they're, they're not unnecessary, the interest rate hikes, but I do think that, uh, you know, we are going to be feeling the effects of this. You know, I, I lived through the uh, 70s, early 80s, when uh, we had double digit of, uh, interest rates for mortgages and prime rate was probably 14% or something like that. And mortgage rates were close to 20%. Uh, it was really a, a scary time. And, you know, we talk, call it stagflation. It was a severe recession. Um, I assume we're not going to be going through that now because it's not the same dynamics at place because some of these things that are affecting our economy right now are possibly, uh, they're not, they could be less long-term than, uh, you know, others just the, the problem with the new with the economy in the seventies was there were some uh, parts of the economy itself that had problems, major problems. But this isn't that the economy has problems. It's like this. This is a matter of outside forces in many ways uh, creating problems for the economy. I'm thinking of COVID. I'm thinking also, of course, of, of oil prices, energy prices, food prices, which has basically been affected extremely by the war in Ukraine. And uh, these things can be brought under control if we're lucky and certainly if the ukrainians are lucky and uh you know this could you never know it might it could change but yeah uh, it seems like everyone at the the biden administration is just relying on the fed to do do you guys do something i'm like that doesn't fix the problem where inflation is so high, gas prices are so high. Uh, the, there's a huge supply chain shortage still across the world, even though. In, but we have great employment numbers, but unfortunately, yes. all these people are employed, but they're losing money essentially because the inflation yeah. is so high. Well, the other thing is that a p- part of this, uh, the numbers, the the, the numbers for the the, the economy, the economic slowdown we heard about, uh, is that. The continued economic slowdown, I should say, is that the uh, it apparently consumer spending is still increasing, not as high a rate as it had been, but it's still increasing. There's people who are still buying things and they're paying, they're paying more for stuff. So they're actually buying less, but they're paying, they're buying things. And the the result of increased interest rates is to slow the economy down. And that would mean people buying fewer things. And if that's happening, that means people aren't working. So, you know, these, this is a difficult balancing act the Fed's trying to get, make. And, uh, you know, I've seen it. I've seen them do try going through, you know, Paul Volcker, one of the legendary Fed chairs, he's the one who uh, was determined to squeeze out inflation of the economy back in the late seventies, early eighties. And he did, lasted for a couple of generations actually <laughs> and uh you know it's gonna that was tough times for people very tough times and 
you know, it's I, I I'm hoping that we're not going to be repeating that. It, it, at this point, you can't say we are, but it it was you know this is someone who lived through it, and I would not want to go through it again. Hold on your butts, and hopefully things don't turn out as bad yeah. as everyone's expecting. Jeff Feingold over at the New Hampshire Business Review. Thanks for joining me. It was great talking with you, AJ. NHBR.com to get the rest of their work. This is WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirsten. We'll be right back after this.